And now, presenting Governor Whitmer with her State of the State Address. The question we have to ask ourselves is, do we believe in Michigan? I know I do. I believe because of you. Incoming call from Wayne County Jail. I want to thank you, Governor Whitmore. I was a stand-up comic with a modest career. It was tough. Corona came and you shut down the comedy club. I went and got me some unemployment and never gained. So I planned myself an armed robbery. <laughs> and now I'm on sale block easy street. Three hots in the cot, no heating bill, and I even got a bitch to do my laundry. And the great part is, as fucked up as the court system is with Corona, looks like I'll be here another five years rent-free. Thank you, Governor Whitmore. I will work hard every day to put Michiganders first. And I will always believe in Michigan because we are strong and getting stronger every day. Thank you and good night. Let's just end breaking this. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Cabrera, get off the phone, man. <laughs> hey, did I hear that right? They call you guys Michiganders? Uh, <laughs> it's Michiganian. That's another sore spot in my Michigan. ass. Yeah, that sounds like a bunch of ducks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, that's what uh, Abraham Lincoln made fun of us. Called us Michiganders, cause like you what? know, the goose and the gander, like we oh, okay. walk around quack nut. Okay, look, fix that in post. Let's get to this. Absolutely. Everybody will be. Everything will become apparent. Look here, with an all-time number of people caught illegally entering the United States through the southern border in 2021. American citizens, you and me, law enforcement like Chris Cabrera here with the Border Patrol, are left to wonder who got away. Get the music down, man. It's serious shit. Who got away? Karen, are you on the phone? All right. Have potential terrorists managed to escape the long arm of the law? We have breaking news. We now know of one case where the government caught a person who's flagged on the terror watch list only to release him into the interior, his family in tow, now here in Michigan. The Biden administration has allowed Issam Bazi, do we have his photograph? Here he is. Let me know if you see him around. Who was caught waiting along the shores of the Rio Grande River in Texas last November 
to be released on his own recognizance while he awaits a March asylum hearing in Detroit. According to... Off camera, because the NSA will try to take a screenshot. According to these sensitive documents obtained exclusively by us in this basement, Bazi and his family are living, presumably, in Dearborn, in a house owned by his cousin, on a tree-lined street near Wyoming and Warren Avenues. I knocked on his door Wednesday, and nobody came to the door. Bazi, a 50-year-old citizen of Venezuela, born in Lebanon, is not supposed to be in America because federal law prohibits those with suspected connections to terrorist groups from entering. It also bans their spouses and children. Now, it's unknown which group Bazi might be affiliated with because his profile, according to these documents, is coded as classified in the federal terrorism database. In fact... The FBI's terrorist screening center, which maintains the list, will not confirm nor deny whether an individual is even on it. So it's very likely that Bazi does not know he is in the suspected terror list until now. Hello, sir. Get out. Bazi, according to these documents, is described as a person with, quote, high derogatory information, unquote, means high stuff and with ties to an unspecified terror group. Big stuff, not a guy that pushes a popsicle cart and hasn't be related to somebody. High derogatory information, people. Serious business. Bazi and his family were detained in Texas last November as authorities decided what to do with him. Background checks and at least one interrogation were conducted. The FBI recommended that Bazi continue to be detained. Agents from Immigration and uh, Customs Enforcement, ICE, deemed him a flight risk. And yet, officials from the Department of Homeland Security, presumably in D.C., ordered him to be released. One of the mitigating factors for his release, according to these documents, was that Bazi had a precondition that made him highly susceptible to COVID-19. And you might wonder what that precondition is. What is that precondition? Bazi's overweight. And so, the tubby terrorist and his family were discharged on or about December 9th with the promise that Bazi would show up in March in Detroit for his immigration hearing. In any event, current and former federal law enforcement officials say they have no recollection of one person with a confirmed hit in the database being allowed entry into the United States, especially one who entered the country by raft. Bazi's release may have simply been a breakdown in intelligence between the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security, two DOJ officials with direct knowledge of the case, tell me. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas last year gave temporary protective status to people from Venezuela living in the United States, allowing them to stay and work here temporarily due to the economic and political turmoil there. But that order only applies to those Venezuelan nationals who were physically present in the United States before March 9th, 2021. Bazi seemed to think this applied to any Venezuelan who could make it to American soil. I'm going to quote here. Claims that he heard the Venezuelans were being accepted into the United States for asylum claims, his federal interrogator wrote. Now, according to these interrogation notes, Bazi said that he, his wife, and his daughter 
took a commercial flight from Caracas, Venezuela, uh, in, last October to Monterrey, Mexico. Okay? Now, you're in asylum. Asylum is for what? Religious persecution, political persecution, ethnic persecution. It has nothing to do with being broke or your country's violent. If that was the case, George, poverty and violence, you get asylum for that? That means half of Detroit could go to Windsor. <laughs> it's nonsense. From there, Bazi contacted a human smuggler known as Yoni, who transported the family to Matamoros, a Mexican border town across the Rio from Brownsville, Texas. They traversed the river, landing in an immigration hotspot known as the washout, where they gave themselves up to border patrol agents making the claim of asylum. Federal agents declared Bazi a flight risk should he be let into the United States, according to these documents. Yet they were overruled by ICE HQ and released. It's unclear who paid for the Bazi family's travel north or whether they received COVID vaccinations. Of course, according to these documents, he had no equities, no money. So guess who paid for it? We did. We did. Local law enforcement based in Metro Detroit does not seem to know that Bazi is presumably living here in Michigan. The Detroit office of the FBI did not respond to inquiries, nor did the director of ICE, uh, right? ICE, we all know what that is, right? Mm -hmm. The Dearborn Police Department did not respond to questions. So guess what? It's hot. This one is hot. It's a football. Nobody wants to touch it. This is some bullshit. Major fuck up. Okay, but. Not for Bozzi. The suburban life should fit him nicely, right? Because you go to the neighborhood, dig. Hey. He likes to eat, apparently. He's a portly, He's you know. Tubby, yeah. There's a Taco Bell nearby, McDonald's, a halal pizza parlor, all within walking distance of the tidy Cape Cod house he lists as his temporary address. Okay, regular COVID testing, no problem. There's a CVS around the corner. If he contracts COVID, heaven forbid, he might avail himself of the urgent care just up on Wyoming. And should Bozzi choose to get lost in the thrill of America, there's the U-Haul rental facility just around the corner. And finally, if he needs an immigration attor attorney, well, there's the storefront law office at the end of the block. Unbelievable. Chris Cabrera, is he with us? I'm with you. Hey, brother, uh, you are a Border Patrol agent, but you are here speaking as the vice president of the, Border uh, the National Border Patrol Council, right? That's correct. Okay, dude, have you ever, ever heard of somebody with a hit on the terrorism watch list being allowed uh, entry into the country? You know, we've had some people that were uh, you know, from terrorist countries, uh, countries known to harbor terrorism that have been released. Uh, some of them been removed. But, you know, I, I think when, from listening to everything you're saying here, there, there's so many holes in this in this story. If if Mr. Bozzi had had tried to come in the country legally, he would have been denied um, as uh, being a public charge. He couldn't pro provide for himself. So he couldn't come in legally. So he comes in illegally. And I think that's everything that's what's wrong with this system. Um, you dig in a little deeper that he doesn't have any money, but he flew from Venezuela to Mexico. If he didn't have any money, how did he fly? Um, they, there's just so much that, that's wrong here. And had this happened 12 months ago when we had the remain in Mexico policy, none of this would have happened. You know, so I think what, what people need to understand is, I mean, this is what we voted for. This is this is a direct result of where we're at. Um, over two million people in the last year. 
And, and that's not counting the Godways. And the Godway number we put out is extremely low. I mean, I think the Godway number we put out was uh, 500,000. And that, that's just a fantasy right there. there. There's no way that's... Let me jump in there. The, the, the Godway number means like 1.7 million people were apprehended. Yeah. What, what, what the government wants to tell you is another 500,000 got away. They're okay. in. Now, yeah, I, I come, let me say this, brother. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've covered the border for a better part of a decade of my life. Those numbers traditionally is at least a one for one, right? Yeah. At least yeah, a it, one it's for usually one. a 50%. And, and if you look at the, that 1.7, that was from uh, January 1 to January 1. If you look from January 21st to January 21st, you can be closer to 2 million. Um, that, that numbers are, are extremely high. Uh, what we're doing is um, we're beckoning people to come here. We're encouraging people to come here and take advantage of our laws. That, that's, that's all we're doing. We're encouraging people to come over here and break the law to do it. The, the, the sad thing is, is, yeah, you know, you have one side of it, people that are coming for a better life, uh, coming to work. I get that. That's understandable. I mean, I think if I was in that situation, if I was born on the other side, yeah, I, I probably would have done it too. I get it. Yep. But, but what you got to look at, is there, there's people that are coming over that, that are, are sex offenders that are getting away or being released. Um, we don't, down here, we don't have an opioid problem. We don't have a meth problem down here. It comes through here, but we don't have that problem here. You guys have that problem up there. Ohio has a huge problem. And they think the immigration system, it, it doesn't affect them. Well, it does because it, it, we're, we're, we're like at a parade and we're on the sidelines and this stuff is coming through our neighborhood and ended up in your neighborhood. So it doesn't affect us up here as much as it affects you guys. Ice and Border Patrol, Ice and Border Patrol, become a, basically a travel agency, in my opinion. You know, Not we've we've become the um, we we've become the the smugglers. We're we're completing the smuggling process. And I'll give you a quick one because this this kind of touches close to you guys. About four or five months ago, I was down there working, and uh, we have this group come in. Um, and there's there's a little girl there, a tiny little girl. I mean, super tiny. She said she was seven years old and, and, you know, I take her word for it. I don't think she would lie about it from the looks of her. She looked about four, you know, obviously malnourished. Um, so she comes in and, and I talk to her and, and she gives me her, her, her paperwork, her, her birth certificate and, and a phone number on it. And I asked her, I said, where's your, where are your parents? And she says, well, I don't know my dad, but my mom is in Detroit. And I go, okay, well, why is your mom in Detroit? Well, I, they said my, my mom left me behind and I'm to meet her in Detroit. So what happens is if she had been six years old, she could have traveled here with her mom and they wouldn't have sent her back to Mexico. Let me jump in in there, man, because people that listen to this program know we have a relationship Mm -hmm. and they've, they've watched you grow us talk. It's a big move when you say, you know, if I was over there, I'd do it too. But the, Mm -hmm. the hang up you have is, Entrusting your four-year-old to a human smuggler, yeah. and this well, is you know, and that's the thing is, if if she, if that girl had been six, she would have been able to cross with her mom. So since she was seven, they would have both been sent back. So the mom got smuggled in, and then left the kid behind in care of a smuggler, and the smuggler put that little girl on a train for three countries, and then they get to us, and we can we finish the smuggling process by taking that child to Detroit, dropping them off with the mother. Now the mother derives status from this child because now the child has a pending right. immigration right. issue. Yes. But, but let's do, let's do this. Let's do, let's, let's I mean, this. how can you put that kid in danger and then get him back at the end of the day? Let's do this. Here's the thing for the fancy pants, limousine liberal 
right? Look here, man. You see Chris here? You see me? This is real life. You have no idea about these fucking gangsters. You have no idea how wild, how dangerous Chris's job is. This is no man's land. Mexico's a failed state. This is organized crime that we are allowing to make billions of dollars smuggling human beings. Nobody's into human trafficking. Here's what we could do, Chris, my opinion. If we have a new administration and we decide we want children to be reunited, regardless of your immigration status, in the United States, present the child at the American embassy in Mexico City or Tegucigalpa, right, or San Jose, and and we'll do it properly and cut out the gangsters. That's not what's going on. We got a fucking terrorist here. It's ridiculous. And, and you know where it all ties in is this little girl and hundreds of other, thousands of other children daily are pushed across this border by the smugglers into the waiting arms of Border Patrol. And we'll make sure they're taken care of. But while we're over there caring for these kids, that's the same time they're sending the people that are trying to get away the people that have a criminal history because they cannot turn themselves in and the drugs that are coming across. It's done at the exact same time. There's no reason where people turn themselves in to, to immigration or coming at four in the morning. Why would they come at four in the morning? It's dark. It's cold. Why not send them in the middle of the day? Because that's the same time the bad guys and the drugs are coming across and they're using them as a distraction. I'm going to ask you guys, um, great reporting, Charlie, seriously, about uh, Sambazi. It's I mean, really amazing stuff. But in that story, there seems to be a lot of miscommunication between agencies, which I thought after we were attacked on September 11th, that that was going to improve. Maybe I'm naive. Has it improved in your opinion or Chris, do you see an improvement of communication? I'll take this and I want to introduce in, uh, first of all, hi, Karen. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> and George Hunter, the crime dog, the last of the old school crime reporters in the state of Michigan. These are famous people in this country. L.A., New York, Chicago. We got George. Hey, man. Great writer. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Thank for sitting you. in. Appreciate it. Um, this wasn't a miscommunication. It's obvious by these transmissions that everybody's aware. This was coming from HQ. Okay. They just decided to let it happen. Right? Everybody's aware of who's saying what about this guy. Everybody knows. Homeland Security Committee in Congress, FBI, home, uh, Homeland Security, Border Patrol, everybody knows. Somebody made the decision, and mm -hmm. I'm going to promise you, he's the fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't think he's making that march hearing. You know what I mean? It's a country of immigrants. I'm pro-immigrant to add a lot to this mm -hmm. country. Let's do it in order, and no fucking terrorist. Period. <laughs> Seems like a good place to start. Anybody disagree? Oh. Did we kind of determine some of our earlier conversations with Chris that a lot of this is intentional, strategic, deliberate? I mean, even even the mother's decision to do what she did, Chris, I mean, on both sides, everybody knows, you know, where the loopholes are, where there's a lack of, you know, support or enforcement and people navigate it to their benefit. Yeah, the, the people navigate it, the, the smugglers navigate it. Uh, they're making billions of dollars off this. The, the sad thing is this has been going on since 2013. Can you imagine if we were a Fortune 500 company? I mean, we would have been bankrupt years ago. Well, Christ, Chris, I crossed the border with the Sinaloa cartel in 2000. This has started since NAFTA. This thing mm -hmm. has its roots in multinational conglomerates, devaluing the peso, people looking for opportunity. The whole world got turned on its head by the big boys. 
And now I'm looking at Washington going, fuck you, man. George, you are chasing this story. What do you know locally, say, about Dearborn law enforcement? Well, to the point of, of not communicating, I spoke with ex-chief Haddad, who was the chief in early December. In when, Dearborn? Yes, he was Dearborn chief when, when the, this guy was allegedly let into the neighborhood. He was kind of ticked off about it. He said, no one told me. I should have known. It was his job, he said, and I'm, I'm going to quote him in my story. So uh, essentially he says, it's my job to keep the community safe. And if I'm not given the information that potentially there's somebody here who could harm the community, you know, I got a problem with that. So uh, it, it, I, I guess maybe the federal, and I don't know this case in particular, but in general, that everybody watches Blue Bloods or whatever, you, that the feds don't talk to the locals. We had a case here that I worked on maybe Two years ago, if you remember, where there was an ATF and or DEA informant who was released, he went on to ki kill six people before, I think he mm. committed suicide, he went into the adult bookstore there in Oak Park, yeah. I can't, his yeah. name escapes me, but I mean, the local, again, authorities were ticked, they were not made aware of any of this, and he was released um, because he was an informant, and uh, went on to kill six people. The fuck are we paying for? Look, I, again... Right. The chief of police. He's a good guy. Everybody knows Haddad, right? Top-notch law enforcement guy. He can keep a secret. So I'm getting this Cabrera and, and Dumas and Hunter and anybody listening. Questions like maybe he's an asset that the CIA moved in here. And, okay. and Right? Okay. Let's think. Let's work this out. Why wouldn't you bring him in on a cargo plane? Yeah, he's not He's coming over on a fucking raft. Yeah. Not, not with Yoni. Sounds like someone that watched too many movies. This is bullshit. Okay, what do we do about Cabrera? I'm gonna let you go. I know you got serious border patrol shit to do. What do we do? Hey, you want to stop this? There's only one way to stop it, and that's just that you, you one. It has to be legislated. Um, obviously, there's always gonna be people trying to, to sneak across, right? That, that's one thing. But the other part of people turning themselves in, it's a loophole. It's a loophole. They're taking advantage of it. The only way to fix it is to is to legislate it, close the loophole. A mandatory detention, mandatory removal. Once you get everything secured, then you go ahead and figure out who you're going to let in, who's going to stay, uh, what the, the policy is going to be for um, the immigration reform. But you can't do that until you get everything secured. If, if your sink's overflowing, are you going to start mopping or are you going to figure out what the problem is? And right now we're trying to do the reform first and, and we're mopping. And by the time we're done mopping, it, it's still flooded. Chris, uh, regarding regarding the border, last time we talked to you, we were talking about the number of agents. Has has that improved at all? I mean, are you guys getting what you need to? I mean, you stopped this guy; he just got out afterwards. But are you guys getting what you need? As far as the, the apprehensions? Uh, no, for, as far as um, manpower, Resources. yeah, manpower, resources. You know, we're getting people coming in at, at a slow trickle, um, but people are, are retiring as soon as they're available. We we have a window of seven to ten years when you become eligible. And then you can retire anytime in that window. Wow. And now as soon as that window is open, people are just pulling that pin and, and, and they're gone. Yeah, it sounds like the police here, eh, George? Yeah, they can't keep cops. They, yeah, they, I'm out of here. It's incredible. Yeah, I they, got no money, no fucking equipment. Fuck this. That's not just Detroit. I mean, everybody. They can't, them up. they can't find them. And, and the, the standards I'm hearing are getting lowered in terms of, uh, you know, who they're letting in. If you remember. That's uh, deep. We That's breaking news. <laughs> we did a story a couple years ago um, where a, girl, a lady had joined Detroit police with the sole purpose of helping her dope dealer buddy. You know, she would, they would have an insider, and they never even visited her house. 
Well, you know, back in the old days, they'd call your high school friends, you know, when they do the background check. According to my sources, they did a, a Google thing to verify that the house existed, and that was it. Okay, good enough. Sign her up. <laughs> I want to make this clear. I don't speak for everybody in this program, but me. I am for funding the police. You want good police, professional police, professional border patrol. You got to support them. You got to pay them. You want the top, top notch of this society. You got to pay them. Having Michelle, said that, you also and I agree with that. We've talked about that before, but there are also logistical and operational things that have to be put in place to make sure that the people that you're paying and supporting on one side are able to effectively do their job. So, I mean, it's a comprehensive approach. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Kevin, don't don't get in. I'm just going to talk to you over there off off screen. Cabrera, listen to this. See this woman? This woman basically landed this. Hindenburg called Detroit when it was dead ass broke and going into bankruptcy. That's why I love her. That's why she's a terrific partner on this. That might sound, what do you call it, George? Nomenclature? Big words? But it's absolutely 100% correct. Processes. Planning. Charlie, we throw money behind everything and people think that, oh, all we need is more money. Yes, you do need money. Yes, you need resources, but you don't need, a, you know, so, so many layers of process where nothing ever gets done. And that's where we are. And people keep thinking, oh, we'll put more money behind it. But if you aren't using and applying that money in the right way, you're wasting your money. Why did we give GM $860 million dollars? When they could have gone into schools, it could have gone into mental health, it could have gone into police, it could have gone into bailing out the court system and cleaning it up, like basically what Red was saying. George, they're, they're not, we don't got a pot to piss in anymore. Don't Detroit, doesn't Detroit get more money per pupil than any other, uh, of course they're mitigating things. To your point, Karen, just throwing money at it by itself with no plan, that doesn't seem to be... Uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be a winning strategy because, again, in Detroit, I think they get more money per pupil than any. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not my. You. I'm going to correct it's you. It's not my bailiwick, but I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, and, no, no. Every student in Michigan gets the same amount. Okay. Right, seventy-five hundred bucks from the state. Okay. The way that rich school districts get around that is they put money into infrastructure, like ah. school improvement, the 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 swimming pool, the football field. Detroit, actually, to make their note comes to the suburbs and and we as i said sure. that's out of the point is is that the money isn't what makes the difference you have a lot of other issues that need to get taken and care now of. we got a terrorist daughter that we got to put in school and now sweetheart I, I i know hate here you ain't your dad look at him look at that guy he does he look that overweight he actually is kind of uh, handsome. Uh, and he looks skinny to me. The handsome, yeah, to you. Yeah, look he at look, that. He, look, he looks middle-aged. <laughs> he looks like he has a dad bod, but he doesn't look like he's overweight. I wish I was that I think, fat. I think he's actually quite handsome. He's a salt and pepper. This funny. guy could be an underwear model. The mm -hmm. fuck? Man, we're worried about he get COVID. Don't push it, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go too nuts about it. All right, Cabrera, we'll that let you go, him. man. Thank you. All God right. hey, God uh, bless I appreciate you, you uh, taking the time and, uh, you know, enjoy your winter, you Michiganders. Oh. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, well, how did, insincere was that? Did you guys get the dogs in the chili? Oh, yes. Yeah, and we ate them, and they were delicious. I got some pictures. I need to send them to you guys. But, yeah, we, we, went, we went to town on those things, uh, okay. including a bunch of your Michigan guys were up here. Or and, down here. And uh, what is the name of that fine establishment that sent them? Uh, American Coney Island. That's it, brother. Okay, now you know what? Super Bowl's coming. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, Detroit ain't never going to get to no Super Bowl, but if you want a little Detroit in your Super Bowl, <laughs> what you, should we do? You order the Coney kit from American Coney Island. You go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. It's pretty simple. Let's roll the tape. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you. this is Friday. What's the date? Uh, the 28th. 28th. You got until next Saturday the... Uh, not the 28th. Uh, 6th. So, yeah, something like that. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Wait. 28th, 29th, 30th, 31. The 5th. You got to the 5th to go to AmericanConeIsland.com so they get to your Super Bowl party. If you order them on the 6th, they ain't going to get there. Okay? So let's roll the tape. I don't know why I'm in the desert in my underpants. I don't know why these wolves are following me, but I need sausage. I look in my fridge. Oh my, what do I see? Sausage. You may run with a pack, but everything ain't meant to be said. Sausage. No need to cross the desert. No need to cross eight miles. Who these wolves be? <laughs> Get back, bitch. Sausage. Order a Coney kit directly to your door at AmericanConeyIsland.com. <laughs> Cabrera's laughing. It ain't easy to make that motherfucker laugh. Look, he's like a Hector Macho Camacho back there. That needs to be a Super Bowl commercial right there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what, you know what? I mean, Johnny, Johnny Depp's doing the Savage perfume bullshit. Yeah. He's in the desert playing his rock and roll guitar. Yeah, like, with wolves. That shit cost $10 million to make, plus $2 million to be in a Super Bowl. We did it for 100 bucks. <laughs> I know. It's in great. a Coney kit. <laughs> And it shows. And it shows. It's perfect. I love how it's a slug line at the end, man. That's great. What a pro. You know how we can fix that commercial? No. How? We call ADR. ADR, man. They do it all. They do high tech. They do low tech. They do construction, deconstruction, demo, city hall. They work city hall for you to get it done, to get it right. It's on time. It's ethical. It's smart. Right? Yeah. 248. You ask me every year. I was going to do Barry oh, Ellentuck. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Barry Ellentuck. Call him for the consultation at... 248? Yes. 318? Yes. 9424. 248-318-9424. Mention the no bullshit news hour and tell him you need someone to fix your shit. Thank you. <laughs> All righty, folks. I got to let you go, but I appreciate you guys having me. Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a bit, bro. You, I will excuse you when it's time to go. And then you get your ass to the border and start working, motherfucker. You guys letting terrorists slip in here. Wait a minute. I'm not done. Now, listen. If you're a terrorist and, you know, you, you want to grow your assets a little bit, you know what I mean? You're trying to get your little terror, terrorist lit, your little baby. Your Nina, your terrorist Nina, you know what I mean? Hey, Assam, you know, if it, let's say you, you take those assets from that Lebanese bank that you're hiding it all in, and you don't... Oh, Charlie, well, that sounds really racist overtones. No, 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 no. Just what, trying to what say are you talking about? No, look, it says right here, the dude's got a bank account in Lebanon. He's saying he didn't have any money, but he's flying from Caracas to Monterey, then paying a the smuggler. How much, Cabrera? Maybe, maybe 10 grand? To go from Monterey yeah, to Monterey, huh? Yeah, at minimum, they, they they charge them a lot, especially when they know from they're not from, uh, they know they're from farther south. They charge them a lot more to cross that river. Yeah. Now wow. wait a minute. Now here, Karen, that's bullshit. Let me just tell you something. 
when my mother's second marriage, third marriage, was collapsing and I had to get away, my best friend, I ain't going to say his name. Okay, I'm going to say his first name. I love you, Osama. That, that was the warm, safe place to do the homework. Right? That's my bestie. No, fuck that. That's bullshit. I'm an Arab. You understand what I'm saying? I'm from here. That makes me an Arab. That's my family. That's not racist. I don't give a fuck if you're from Russia, Chechnya. You know what I mean? I don't care if you an asshole like in the Bronx that kills cops. You're a fucking terrorist. I'm against it. But again, you got a kid. You might need to grow your assets. The kid can grow up to be better than you. Isn't that what we all want? Mm -hmm. Yes. Play the music. You call Luke Nowacki. Yes, that's right. Royal Alliance Associate, Luke Nowacki, for your financial help. Don't guess. Don't, don't be getting in a raft and jumping over a river trying to make a better life. Take what you have. What? And grow your assets. That's Royal Alliance and Associate Incorporated. That's right, at 248-663-4748. They specialize in security. They do security. That's what they do. National security, border security, and financial security. Look no at 248-663-4748. Not every segue is going to be a gem. That was awesome. I liked it. Karen throwing in the racist bomb. <laughs> like the worst thing. That. I said that comment had racial undertones. How did it? I didn't say you were a racist. I know you're not a racist. Relax, Charlie. Oh, Finish thank God. The Jeez, wow. <laughs> Man, that's the worst thing to call somebody, and you're deliberately throwing it around. Freaking liberals. <laughs> Jeez. Well, now I'm a liberal? Okay. <laughs> for a more perfect union. Look at us. We look like the Brady Bunch when they adopted those kids. <laughs> we're like United Colors of Better Town, but the only one that can afford it is you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Jan. <laughs> oh, by the way, interest rates are going up. Oh, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I got to tell you, people, make the move. Yep. Refi, get the house, get the loan, lock it in while it's low. Don't wait. This is David Hall, and he's wearing a really nice tie. Hi, I'm David Hall from Hall Financial. Choosing between a 15 or 30 year mortgage can be difficult, which is why we offer the Modern Mortgage, a flexible term that's customized for you. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us online at callhallfirst.com. All right. Callhallfirst.com. You got it. Get, get moving, people. The, you see the what the stock market is doing. It's, sure. call, call Luke, it's rumbling, and call David. You call David. You trust David? Oh my God! Yeah, the best. Well, they're yeah, super easy to use. By the way, too, it's not just refinancing. If you're gonna go, if you want to buy a house, just make sure you have your finances all straight. Now's the time, and they get those appraisals done in like eight days, right? They yeah. get, the, get the whole kit and caboodle done. Yeah, the whole deal, the appraisal, the they'll, loan. They'll handle it for you, super fast. Yeah, even if you're a mess. Kevin said three. <laughs> huh? What? Kevin's pointing up three fingers. I wondered why. Yeah. Oh what, wow. What's three, Kevin? Three days. He's so married. He got it done in three days. Kevin, it's it's come on, man. Get get in the COVID world. Unmute. No appraisal needed. Who you? Wow. You yes. Did? Wow. Oh wait, you're a mortgage broker. Yes, I am. Okay, listen. Wow. Yeah, what's David Hall's reputation? It's a good one, isn't it? It's a good one. Mm. He hates to say it. It's competition, but it's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, look at that. You know that's why he's got Honest nearly man. five thousand five star reviews. 
And First Securities Mortgage has more. Oh, well, that'll be that'll be edited. Oh, out. I like that. <laughs> we'll fix that in post, David. Didn't it? All right, Cabrera, you're excused, bro. Love you, man. All right, I appreciate I appreciate you guys. You guys have a great rest Thank, of the day. All right. all right, all right, bye, all right. Chris. Bye. That was a good man. All right, I know he's, he's such a straight to the point, no BS, like just mm, love it. Yeah, me too. All right, this one. Hey, George, did you watch the uh, State of the State? I'm, I cover crime. I, I don't do politics, man. <laughs> oh, well, this, then you should have watched it. This thing was That's the same crime. thing, George. <laughs> yeah. So they say, yeah. This I'm thing not, was a murder scene. <laughs> I think there was a rerun of Gilligan's Island on that at the time. So, yeah, I watched that instead. But. Okay, so here's real quick. Okay, so the governor says she is fixing the damn roads, right? Okay. Uh, $4.7 to repair, replace, and re- rehabilitate 13,198 lane miles of road. That means if it's got three lanes, one mile is actually three. So that's really, here's the deal, madam. Stop with the bullshit. What you did was you borrowed a lot of money because we wouldn't raise our gas tax 50 cents. Then Joe Biden came with all that money. Every governor's looking like a winner with $10 billion in infrastructure and COVID money. Hard not to, yeah. That's that's horse shit. Okay. Um, Putting uh, money in families' pockets. You want to give pensioners a thousand dollar rebate on the pension tax. That's because they hate you. Mm-hmm. That's because they know what you did with the nursing homes, which you didn't talk about. Okay, I'm gonna leave the rest of it. I want to introduce in Kevin Bledsoe. Hey, Kev. Hello. It's important to say that your uncle Norman Bledsoe was the guy in the nursing home in the beginning of the COVID flare-up, who was horribly beaten by a 20-year-old guy. The state decided to put in the room with him. Correct. That's correct. Let's let's just put that tape on so people might remember this. It was horrible and it went around the world and it's a great stain. This, a 20-year-old guy that the state decided to put in with a 75-year-old guy and this guy's getting off, filming himself beating old people to death. And putting it on social media. Okay, so Kevin, here's the deal, brother. I made it my business when I saw that. I did. It wasn't right. The policy wasn't right. And if the governor's going to backtrack and not talk about that, nobody died because of my commingling policy of taking infected people and putting them in nursing homes. I know at least one man that died, and that was your uncle. We have not rehearsed. I don't know what you're going to say. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely correct. Well, then speak up for the old people, because we now know that... at least 2,500 people in these facilities weren't even counted. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did. And what is your feeling, sir? Basically, I mean, from the beginning, when she first issued the order for these um, youth or whatever that were being held to go into the nursing homes, I, I we had no idea that my uncle was actually in a nursing home at that time because he self-admitted himself. But I thought that when she did that, it was kind of asinine and backwards. Why would you co-mingle those people with senior citizens? But I didn't think any more of it at that time until the videos arose that we that were sent to my family members of my uncle being pummeled by this kid in this nursing home. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And that's when we really got upset. And obviously, uh, there are legal actions and things of that nature going on at this point. But that was the dumbest decision I think she's made since she's been in office. And have you heard enough from her? An admission? Haven't heard heard anything. And how does that make you feel? I feel like a NFL sideline reporter. And how do you feel? 
You feel left out. You feel like nobody's listening. You're trying to sweep it under the rug like it didn't actually happen. And it's still not being addressed at this point in any way, shape or form for a lot of these families. You mean not only what happened, but what's going on now? Exactly. Because I don't know what the state's doing to make nursing homes livable. Nothing. Wow. You know, I keep getting pictures from a gentleman uh, and he wants me to show them to you. I'm not sure if he shared them with you of the food that they're feeding people in the nursing homes. I'm going to make those available. It is horrible. My dog eats better than that. So when you're talking about the, the conditions of the nursing homes and the people that are there, it's terrible from top to bottom. And I don't understand, you know, you know, the big news is, uh, here, let me look at this. Here's the free press. GM puts its money down on Michigan automaker to invest historic $7 billion, creating 4,000 jobs, maybe. But what it doesn't say is nearly 1 billion of that is our COVID relief money. So mm-hmm. we're feeding seniors, what dog food, Kevin, less than that. Yeah. It's terrible. Getting beat to death to die. I'm, I'm sorry, man. We never met Kevin. I dig you, man. You got a really nice face. You're super sweetheart. You didn't put David Hall down. Just my kind of guy, my brother. We we got we got to do better because we're the next ones. I mean, the reality of it is, if your family is not well off or financially well enough to put you in a private institution or a private senior citizen. Very well off. Very well off. And if you have to go to a public facility or like my uncle, he just checked himself in. He didn't call anybody in the family. He's always been that kind of guy. But where he ended up, he shouldn't have been. And that kid should have never been there in the first place. We've got to do better as far as our seniors, as far as the public facilities and basically where they're cared for at this time. And it's so interesting you said that, dude, because when we're talking about the 2,500 people they didn't count, those mm-hmm. are people drawing a government check and living in these government-sanctioned facilities. The private, you, you put it really well, the nice, fancy private ones also fell under the governor's emergency declaration, and we decided not to count a single person who died of COVID there. I'll tell you the reason why it's important. If, if you're tracking kids and horny college students, you know, humping in a closet at a frat mm-hmm. party, you're not finding out where the death happened. We not look, this is COVID. I swear, I tell you right now, I never lie to you people. At least half of the people that died in Michigan were living in one of these institutions. Ain't no doubt in my mind. And it wasn't a private institution. They right. didn't move them to the private institutions, just the public ones. Did your uncle get a nice funeral? Yes, he did. Describe Very nice. It was a veteran, family was there. It was he was a, a veteran. Wonderful- Wait a minute. Yes, he Did he serve in a war? Or was he in peacetime? What, what, what he... Um, he was in peacetime. And what, around the Korean War type time? Korean, Korean War time, yes. A freaking veteran died like that. It's yeah. probably more often than not, Charlie. That's the thing that we keep forgetting. You know, these are the things that we hear about. Had we not known or heard or there had been the circumstances surrounding mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Bledsoe's uncle, Think about all the ones that get passed by that nobody knows about, nobody hears about. And it's so commonplace. So, I, I mean, again, you know, this we, we talked about this at the onset when you talk to the young man in the nursing home and they talked about how they were not separating, um, you know, the patients or people that may have been exposed to or compromised by COVID. This is nothing new that we talked about a lot of process. 
is too much process. How much process does it take to have regularly scheduled inspections, certifications, questioning of licensing on a regular basis? You got 50 million people doing nothing. And this is what happens. Go ahead, Kevin. You're like, thank you. I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking. Everybody yell, go yell, go let it out. Oh, hey, Kevin, this is George Hunter. We've talked a few times on this case. How you doing? Well, good. And yourself? I'm good. Good Thank you, George. Yeah. On this particular case, um, it wasn't just in a vacuum. This particular defendant, Mr. Hayden, had had issues, as you know, in Ypsilanti with an assault Mm -hmm. um, in another nursing facility. It was a misdemeanor assault, um, and he was to be charged. This was out of Washtenaw County. Wait, you mean during COVID? Yeah, he didn't get adjudicated because it was a misdemeanor. Wait, assault. so he beat ass in Ipsy during COVID, allegedly. and then they moved him? Allegedly, yeah, yeah allegedly. Yeah, yeah. He's not been convicted of it, but right. he was. But it was a misdemeanor assault involving another facility in Ypsilanti. I'm sure you know this, Kevin. Um, mm-hmm. And then they moved him there. Last I heard, wow. the uh, the defendant, um, Mr. Hayden, Jaden Hayden, he was being evaluated. Correct? Is that where it That's still correct. stands? I had planned. I have a little note to look into the case every now and then last time i checked he was still being mentally i think it's cleared i was going to ask you where's that because he's competent to stand trial he is competent to stand but there are no trials kevin's saying no no as of this week our family was notified that he is still not competent they're giving him six more months of evaluation and they'll redetermine at that time where is he right now? Last Process. I checked, he was in that Ipsy, uh, what is it called, the, uh, the, the something facility. So he's in jail? For, it's a mental institution. Okay, he's in a it's mental house. Yes. But, but they decided to put him in a nursing the forensic, home. The forensic, uh, there's a name yeah, of it, it's yeah. an Ipsy, yeah, it's escaping me. Holy smokes, wow. so now he gets to go to a holding facility, and twice he gets to go and harm our elderly? Yes. Fuck me. <laughs> God. Okay, okay. You know where I we should put him with the sambazes. <laughs> we put him all in the house. Yeah. There you go. Wow. That would work. This is amazing, but not so much. All so, right, Kevin. You you were saying though that um, and, and I don't know. And Charlie, you might know these numbers better. But um, wow. but when they did the commingling and sending him, you said it was a majority public institutions. They well, would. Yeah. It, look, like the things that are. I think the public private part is. Kind of fascinating. The, po- the point is this. When you have a nursing home, yeah. uh, a skilled nursing facility, that gets Medicaid and Medicare fucking vouchers. Yeah. So it's registered with the state. Same with like Home for the Age, Adult Foster Care. They get government money. When you go to a place Kevin's talking about, right, Kevin? It's like yeah. uncle sells his house and it's a private place and he burns through the money. Mm-hmm. And when his money's gone, they then he gets then moved move. to one of these joints. Gotcha. The state mm-hmm. never even bothered to check these joints out. And we, I know for a fact, at least 200 people that died in these private joints. It's got to be in the thousands. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. It's a joke. It's your, Disaster. Stu- your stupid state of the state with a Silverado in the background. Get to work! Oh, Slip and Jimmy Craig got, uh, you know who he got? Who? He's now got the campaign guy. His chief strategist is the guy that got Glenn Youngkin elected. In Virginia. In Virginia. This thing just got real. George, you covered James Craig, the police. All of a sudden, you're going to be busy, dude. Everybody in the country is going to be calling George Hunter. Because it's live. (laughs) They do anyway, don't they, George? (laughs) When I owe them money, yes. (laughs) Then they call me. Nobody calls us. Just pretend we're not I'm a print reporter. Nobody knows who I am. Well, I mean, that just ratchets it up a 
pretty good notch. Oh, the print reporter. What a what a great career that is, dude. I mean, the business sucks. You don't, well, you don't get paid, but you know, other than that, it's great. <laughs> you you used to kind of get paid. You had the yeah, overtime and go benefit. Yeah, I can't complain. What I, a beautiful I, life that yeah, is. You know I what, still though, love Charlie, I have, I have to say this. Two things. George enjoys what he does, and it shows. It resonates in everything that he writes. And over his career, he has earned the respect of people that don't agree on both sides the cops love him the crooks love him how everybody lo- because and they all is- hate him well that's okay but he stays firm thank he, you just Karen. like you that's, that's just awfully like you, nice of you thank you just no you know that's the truth george i mean it, just like just like charlie how's I mean, that memoir coming you even if they don't agree with you george how's that memoir coming uh still working on it he posted the opening of his memoir mm-hmm. it's fab dude thank you get, get, get out of here Forget this bullshit you go right today and write that memoir. It's amazing. Thank you. The guy grew up in the cast corridor. Wow. I was, uh, the opening line is three of my brothers were, see, three of my siblings were cops. Three of my dads were in prison. So, <laughs> it's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> Great line. And, and his grandpa was the first broadcast newsman in, in Michigan. Television. In, Television. In, wow. 1946. 46, yeah. And then he went on to do uh, radio for years in Keener 13. And then your dad oh, yeah. was like the ne'er do well son who robbed an old lady, beat her up, she died, and he did went to prison. Wow. And then George, <laughs> yeah, write that memoir. I'm somewhere in between there. I mean, damn, <laughs> I never man. beat anybody up and uh, Dude, killed him. I promise. Super cool. <laughs> super cool. All right, allegedly, Kev, Kev you want a hat? You can just. What are you saying? Unmute uh, yourself. No, I just wanted to say, George, a lot of people tried to approach me about my uncle in this story. You were the only one that actually got me to talk about it. And I'm glad that you got me to talk about it. And we talked a little bit on a few other, few other conversations, but I really enjoy your work. I appreciate it. I appreciate you talking to me, Kevin. It was, uh, you know, it was, uh, it's an important story and it needs to be covered, you know. Kevin, do you, I know it's virtual, so you want me to reach around and give him a hand job? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's not comfortable. please behave. Stop behave. it, Karen. My wife yes. might have a problem with that. I've got gloves. <laughs> I know Karen as well. Oh she my! Re- she may not remember me, but I know Miss Dumas as well. Oh, I remember. I remember ominous. your name, Kevin. I just couldn't. I was staring. I couldn't put it. I couldn't place it. So you'll have to remind me. Founding member of Charavari. Oh wow! Well, <laughs> I just got a, a great sweatshirt from Todd. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know Kevin. Yeah, I Ble- you know I remember Kevin Bledsoe. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Kevin. He was the guy Tom Brady replaced. Kevin Bledsoe. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I was related. <laughs> All right, Kev, we're gonna we're gonna move along here. You can hang with us if you're enjoying yourself. Um, actually, I have a closing to go to, guys. Oh, wow. he's closing. Tell, tell, Listen. Tell Mr. Hall we're catching up. <laughs> hey, David. David. Watch yourself, yeah. It, they're catching up either that or maybe you should poach. Just hire him away. You yeah. should poach Kevin. <laughs> because, you know, because da- David Hall and Associates, like, they got the best of the best. You seem to be one of them. David, give him a call. Make him a sweet offer. And by the way, um, <laughs> is that your office, Kevin? Yes, it is. It's horrible, bro. If you're going to try <laughs> to look, you, you need like a fireplace and some horns and apologize. Some, some gu- apologize. What are you talking about? Don't apologize to him. Yet. Don't listen to Charlie. Yeah. He talks about mine too. So go ahead, Kevin. Don't worry. <laughs> and he's in the lower level, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's called the basement. Regular people talk. All right, Kevin. Uh, God bless you, man. And uh, Thank you guys. Let, let's stay together on this, right? Let's get some justice for those still alive. 
I'm always available, guys. Willing to do anything. I my, appreciate your time. My brother. Good talk to you, Kevin. Take care. Bye, take care. George, take Bye. care. Thanks. George, wow. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I, I, I was like, Kevin Bledsoe, that name sounds familiar. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I remember him. There's yeah. so many people you talk to after a while, you lose track. You know? hey, oh, it's true. You need to remind. I always get a call sometimes from a mom, and I always feel bad. She'll say, you know, you covered my son's murder in 1999, you know, and she'll give me his name. And it's the worst thing in her life, and I honestly don't remember it. And I feel terrible. I'll be Googling it or going through our archives because I don't want to insult her. I mean, it's the worst thing that ever happened in her life. And it's like, it's. I don't want to say it's just another one because there's no such thing. But when you've covered as many for 20-something years, you don't remember them all. And I don't want to insult the lady by not remembering. But to Kevin, I remembered the name, and I had to kind of remember for a minute. Where do I know that name from? Let me give you a quick one, too. You know Mama Shoe over there in Highland Park, she, you know, recreating the neighborhood and doing the homework house. Her son was killed. It was a year ago. Okay. They got she got nothing. She's been call, I'm going to get to it. She's been calling me up. She knows who did it. Okay. Those would, are always tough because you would can't you, put that in the paper. I, I know, but so yeah. there, there's there's a more crafty way about a woman yeah. and the angst. Oh yeah. See, I know you got it in there's you. So many of those, you know, the, the stories. And if I was your boss, dude, I'd have you writing first person shit. We yeah, I, we who buy these newspapers, I, I want to know you. I want well, to take a dog. I try the opposite. I don't want anybody to know me. I don't. I, I want to be invisible. Well, you know? you're writing a memoir then. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> that, that's for when I retire. That one will get published until I retire. No, I think I should be invisible. That's kind of how I try to do it. Let the people talk and my voice just kind of be transparent. In the, but there are stories. That, I would make and you I'm do remiss, it. I miss, to be honest with you. I don't do as many as I should. From the people's standpoint, I think that's you know one of the one of my little pet peeves that I've kind of made a thing is I'm not going to use the word experts in my. I told my editor this. I don't want to use the word experts in my story anymore because as far as I'm concerned, crime experts isn't some criminal justice. It's Mrs. Smith who lives on the east side. That's the crime expert. You want to know what to do about crime? Go talk to her. She'll tell you. Because they know what's up. You know, somebody that's in a college or they sit in these rooms and they cook up these these uh, ideas and these theories and these slogans or whatnot. And I, I I mean, I've always said the people are, and I'm not trying to make myself, no, that's what it is. I mean, my, if my you really right. honestly want the experts, go to the hood. I'm, I'm telling you. Go what, to the hood. You want to know how to tie that whole sentiment to the beginning of this program? That's what I'm saying about Cabrera. That's what I'm saying about the border. You pinheads in Washington. You think you know shit and you you do your smart decree Ivy League bullshit. It's the hood, dude. That's where you're going to you, find out. You got out, to get you know, on the block to know what the fuck is going on. If you want to know, yeah, I mean, again, people cook up these theories and things. And I'm like, have they ever even, have they talked to somebody who lives in one of these neighborhoods ever? Have they, have they been a victim of a crime? Do they know anybody who's a criminal? That, see, that helps what, too. On, you know. Just what George is saying, just about that applies to everything. You consistently yeah. have people that are either trying to tell a story or fix a problem that they know nothing about. And that's why they can't do it. Both of you are not afraid to go into neighborhoods and talk to people that don't look or live like you. And that's what's elevated you far above. That sounds anybody. racist. <laughs> I'm just trying to find a place to call you a racist. Karen, nobody Karen, looks more like, nobody people call like you a me. racist than me. You know that, right? White people think you're a racist. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm a lot that's of supposed things. to hurt you more than that. <laughs> you're supposed oh, to be well, the people that by that. I'm sorry. That's a great response. A lot of people think I'm a lot of things. <laughs> well, you know, talking about fixing stuff. Yeah. We are trying to be legitimate and entertaining and bring you interesting people, interesting thoughts, original news. 
And last week, I had Jordan Cheriton on. We are talking about how the Flint racketeering charges just evaporated, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> A clarification, which is what real, legitimate news organizations do. Corrections, clarifications. Let me clarify. It was asked why Flint was allowed to drink from the river without the old water treatment plant being in shape. Yeah, verified and yeah. They got a waiver. And what it was, was talked about two waivers. The state did a waiver. It's sort of correct. You got to remember, you know, sort of correct. The waiver was you didn't have to put the corrosion chemicals in there. That was the waiver that yeah. the state gave. Now. Huge mistake. EPA yeah. did not give a waiver. Here's what the EPA. This, this, come, this come from a water treatment guy at the plant. At the plant, bro. At the time. Not going to say his name. Just listen to the Jailhouse Kool-Aid podcast, he writes to me. Your guest reported that Flint was given a waiver to operate utilizing the Flint River as their source to avoid completing the two six-month monitoring periods for lead and copper sampling before going online. That was for corrosion. That was the waiver. Here's the, here's the trick. Unfortunately, there was no waiver by the EPA. That's actually an EPA requirement that after changing a water source, the water supply must conduct the monitoring periods utilizing customer taps. Two six-month periods of EPA monitoring it okay. while people are actually drinking it. So he says, they actually require the system to be online for sampling to get real-world data. The EPA does this in other areas as well to make the end user the guinea pigs for testing. Oh, and By what? the way, I'm not trying to absolve Flint of any blame, but in reality, people should be pissed at the EPA and their policies. Is that correct? Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, that's amazing. They allow a, an area to be a guinea pig. Yeah. And let the residents... Um, oh, you're going to switch water sources. Oh, what a, what a better... i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to get in there every six months and conduct a test. And you know what? If the test doesn't come back properly in six months, you've got six more months to fix that. I'm fucking dying! Well, it's Flint, too. <laughs> I mean... What you talking about, man? Well, fucking racist? <laughs> I was talking, talking more about white the people. economic position of Flint. What a rich white what people. What an easier place to be guinea pigs, right? I mean, would they do it to Birmingham? No, but, but people in Birmingham wouldn't allow it. You've got to remember when you have access to a different level of resources, you can pick up a phone for your attorney yeah. or a friend that you've made a political contribution to. You know how to oppose something outside of complaining to your friends and neighbors. It's a whole different it's a it's a whole different level of logistics and navigation to oppose something. And let's break this down though. Let's break this down though. People okay. are people. People are people. Right. Everybody got a right to look at something and say it's not right and make some noise. So sometimes when you're lazy and you're just accepting their word for it, you ought not to. The nursing homes are fine. The water's going to be fine. No, man, stand up for yourself. But and I know a lot of Charlie, people in Flint did. Well, I'm, Charlie, gonna, I'm, I'm talking to reporter, Karen. I'm sorry. We're looking at him. And you can look at us. Look at us. I'm going to go on his camera with him. Oh, oh. Right over here. Okay. We... <laughs> <laughs> Failed you, Flint. We did. We didn't pay enough attention. And they just broke their homicide record last year, too. So there's that to, that to add to the mix. You know, the violence in Flint is ridiculous at this point. Fuck. I'm getting. I'm about to do a look at that. Um, Great. Let's go up we, there We together. touched on it, but um, 
Will you be the official crime reporter for the No Bullshit News? <laughs> well, unfortunately, well, fortunately, actually, I'm paid by a different news organization. Yeah, so but I used to work there too. To, uh, We're all family. Yeah. You know, my my allegiance is to my paper, but uh, you know, unofficially, yeah. be the crime reporter for the No okay, Bullshit. The unofficial. <laughs> all right, <laughs> crime dog. Okay, so here's the deal: the EPA. Remember, because I re I remembered this. Remember the lead and water copper rule? And there was a guy named Miguel, I think, Del Toro. Del Toro for short. He worked for the EPA. He said these lead things don't look right. That shit started drifting out. EPA fucking knew. Okay, what is the name of the director of the EPA? McCarthy's her last name. Elena, something like that. McCarthy. Okay, she got her ass chewed out. and Roll this tape. This was the head of the EPA trying to dodge... The EPA's culpability and the mass poisoning of Flint. So here you have a city who's begging Pause. for help. They know this is Congressman uh, Chaffetz. Jason, yeah. Jason Chaffetz. He's not a congressman anymore, no. but had an oversight. But this was pretty good. Go ahead. So here you have a city who's begging for help. They know they're in trouble. Okay, they're asking for that help, and I've got email after email from the Environmental Protection Agency saying. You know what? Maybe you should hold off because we're not sure. Maybe there is confusion under the lead and copper rule. Maybe we are supposed to do six months of testing. I'm not excusing them at all, but you need to take some responsibility because you screwed up and you messed up 100,000 people's lives. 100,000 of them. 10,000 of those people are six years old and younger. And you take no responsibility. You don't think you did anything wrong, right? You don't think there's anybody did anything wrong. I already indicated that we could have worked more aggressively. Yeah. I wish we had. Can I explain the, the memo? Would you like me to? I want you to have an appreciation and an understanding of why the DEQ people are confused by the direction from the Envi Department of Environmental from, was, from the EPA. There was no confusing signal sent from the agency. What were they supposed the to do? Of time. Which, they, should they have put the phosphates in the water, yes or no? Not dumping it in without connecting with the experts, and they did not have the expert voice at the table because they refused to let us to the table. They were at the table. It comes from that the EPA. The Sir, she I'm starts sorry. the email. That is not the task. Task force we're talking okay. about to provide technical expertise. Wow. Bureaucratic bullshit. Yep. <laughs> you ain't going to say it, are you, George? Hey, I just put the little squiggly lines around when they say he said, you know, I don't say anything. Karen, what, you run government. You, you have. What is that? Uh, gobbledygook, um, actually. And, and the crazy thing I was thinking about, Charlie, too, is that when you try to be upfront and factual, when it's not necessarily attractive, a lot of people get offended. They don't want to hear that. They want something that's going to make them feel better. But we've been talking about Flint for far too long, and the issue is still unresolved, and now we have Benton Harbor on top of that. So I expect to have these problems almost in a domino effect impact other cities in Michigan. I don't drink the water out of my faucet. I don't trust it. I'm telling you. I, I, I just I, I drink it. I, might, I, got a lead I got a lead line. Fuck it. I grew up when there was lead in the gas, lead in the paint. You know what I mean? The, Flint's different than Benton Harbor because you switched over and people got yes. legionnaires and fucking died. That's true, Charlie. Yeah. But aren't we entitled to what we pay for? And that's the basics of clean water. One hundo. I just wish, One you, hundo. I wish Gina McCarthy could admit that they messed up. Gina McCarthy's her name. That sounds really stupid. Yeah. What, what, what happened to her? What bullshit with her? This bullshit. You know, yeah. you, sh you shouldn't be driving an ice cream truck. She's not. Don't worry about it. You know what she's doing now? 
I don't know. You know what she's doing now? No, but yeah, no. Guess what? Uh, Breaking news. Breaking news. Failed EPA director Gina McCarthy now runs Biden's. What is it? What's the buzzword? Um. I don't know what is she she's doing? the she's the global warming oh, czar, the national climate advisor, national climate advisor, the one talking about gas that? and electric vehicles and the grid. This dope. She failed up again. Another one failed. Dope is now making decisions that radically change life on Earth. Wow. This dope talking about not the right task force. I'm I can say it now, George. I'm free. What a dope. You're out of here. Oh, yeah. How's it going for Robert Gordon, the guy that was running the Michigan Health Department, who wasn't counting dead people at the nursing homes? Has the Senate confirmed his assistant secretary of the United States Health and Human Services Department? We say no. We still, you still say no? Yeah, we voted last week. No. Karen, do you still say no? Yes, I still say no. Mannequin? He said no. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> Fuck this, man. This is we're, we're apolitical. I'm voting communist next time. <laughs> oh, just to show you liberals, like you know, people pick on me, like you know, you're slanted. Well, your your stuff's not slanted, but your outlook is slanted because you go after Democrats. And I go, that's all I got around here. This is a call from and paid for by. Oh, oh Dan, Dwayne County Jail. We got Dwayne County Jail calling in. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. By us. Press one to accept all communications from this inmate and tell me. I'm not paying, no. Drew is. Hello? Thank you for using Tellmate. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Who's this? Yeah, how you doing? This is Anthony Charles. Hey, Anthony, what's going on? What's going on, man? I know you were telling me to call you back in 40 minutes, man, but I couldn't get to the phone. What do you mean? What do you mean you couldn't get to the phone? I couldn't get to the phone. They had called me out on medical. I went to medical. Uh, you got COVID? No, no, no. Just uh, checking my blood pressure uh, and checking my, uh, my heart rate. Well, it sounds so, real nice there. You're getting, like, uh, physicals and stuff. Oh, no. It ain't nothing nice about the Wayne County Jail. It's all bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bad. The food bad. They put me around people that got COVID. Shit, the air is all messed up here. The food is all messed up. You got all types of insects in the food. It's all messed up here for over two years. What? Uh, two years? Wait, who? Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Two years. I've two years. Here. You're two in years. jail. So you're charged. You're waiting trial, and you're not getting a trial. Uh, it's not about trial. It's about my attorney's not working for me, and I'm filing motions. Uh oh. Trying to prove my innocence before I get convicted for a crime that I didn't do, and have to spend 25, 15 years in jail. To go through the innocent clinic to get out. Well, here now we got we got super crime dog George Hunter with the Detroit News here. He's going to adjudicate this case. Uh, George, I'm going to ask uh, Anthony here. Anthony, you got thirty seconds, thirty seconds to plead your case and your innocence. And if you go over thirty seconds, we're going to hang up the phone. And <laughs> and I'm going to give you a countdown. <laughs> and then George is going to give you his decision. Okay, and five, four. Three, two, one. You're on the clock. Okay, yeah. Uh, one of my girlfriends say I did something to her, committed a crime, all type of stuff. I got DNA evidence proving I committed no crime. Uh, I got three attorneys on the case. They not agreeing with me. They end up getting off my case. 
let me see what else. I have all type of evidence proven I'm innocent. Uh, the judges and the prosecutors are all in cahoots. The attorney, the investigators are all in cahoots. Um, I have paperwork proving my innocence. And I really like my case to be looked over. Three. I'm two. Finished. Nice. George? What paperwork do you have that, uh, that proves your innocence? I have a DNA report from the state police. And I have the complaint felony and the warrant felony. And you say your lawyers aren't uh, aren't cooperating with you? Why not? What, what's the snag? Um, let me see. I had Harold Collins. I had Sharon Woodside. Those are my court opponent attorneys. I hired Mr. Collins. I mean, uh, they, uh, uh, Todd Perkins. I hired him. I know Todd. Yeah. I know Todd, oh, yeah. too. Todd right? knows Todd, yeah. Hey, everybody knows Todd. Todd ain't what he... I'm going to put it out there. Todd ain't what he cut up to be. You see what I'm saying? When it comes to a person that knows a little, a snitch about the law, he feels intimidated. The man, I paid this man, and he got off my case because he said he couldn't control me. Mm. When I go to court, I give Todd Perkins the opportunity to, to do his thing, his professional expertise. Let I me do this. There. Let me do this. One more question, George. Uh, what are you charged with? Unlawful <laughs> uh, imprisonment, uh, assault by strangulation, uh, felony firearm three times. Domestic violence. Who are they saying you strangled? Uh, one of my girlfriends. One of your girlfriends. Uh, one. You should be in jail for having more than one girlfriend. Hell How no, man. No, no, no. That guy should be on a parade float. <laughs> 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 You're guilty. Nah, forget it. <laughs> of too much love. Okay, George, give them your number. Give 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 society at large. I was just gonna su- suggest if you want to send me what materials you have, I'll certainly I can take a look at them. Um, it's G Hunter at Detroit. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, thank G-Hunter. you. G Hunter. Yes, sir. G-Hunter. At, at DetroitNews.com. At DetroitNews.com. Yeah, send me whatever documents you have. I'll absolutely take a look at them. And give me a contact no number if you I have a okay. if you have a family member or something, put their number on there and then I can it, that's easier to contact, you know, with than somebody who's behind, you know, in jail. That good, Tony? Not a problem. That good? Not a problem. Okay, working for you, man. And by the way, I've always encouraged George to change his email address to Big Game Hunter at DetroitNews.com. <laughs> All right, man. Good luck in there, and uh, you know, keep it keep it stiff. I appreciate you. Good luck. All right, man. Bye. All right. Yeah, a little community service. Are you Is really going to look in this story? Yeah, well, I always do. I get a lot of those. I've done a lot of the wrongful conviction. I feel bad because I can't. I can't dig into these like I'd like to because I cover crime in Detroit. I'm, that would take an investigative reporter. Like, they'll take the Innocence Clinic, will take one case on. They get a whole college classroom of kids that spend the entire semester on that one case. If I take one case, that means I don't get to cover any crime let's in Detroit be, for let's six be honest. I just can't do it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, the charge is you strangled your girlfriend and pointed a gun at her. I mean, what are you going to do with that? Well, I mean, it depends on what the circumstance. There's more. DNA. I need more than that. You know, I mean, yeah. He, had, he said he had DNA evidence that, you know, exonerated him. That means his fingerprints weren't on the weapon. Well, if, if if weapon, weapon, weapon would be his fingerprints. That would be your hands. <laughs> In a strangulation case, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I have to, you know, you get a lot of claims of innocence. Everybody knows that. That's the old, you know, and you can't blow them off. 
because if if nine out of ten are false, one that means one is true. That's usually when, how it you is. Know, when you it's the same as school threats, the same thing. The minute you blow one off, that's going to be the one that oh, you know. So you got to look into them as much as you can. Let us yeah. take a second there because I've been thinking of Oxford. You're not forgotten. I just let's just have a a, a, a moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the other thing about DNA. For, th for those of you that are listening and not watching, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Facebook, who, by the way, keeps putting us in a ghetto over here, like, you know, like the story with the Yeah, what happened? Terrorists. Uh, yeah, when you share We it. got flagged for this COVID information in here. Don't be misled. And I'm like... It's good COVID information, though. Yeah, it's just a document that says... That he had COVID. They he let him out because he was fat. Yeah. And the thing about DNA evidence... Hey, what about fat information? Well, here's... It's yeah, that's for it. That. And look, here's the thing about DNA evidence. It doesn't fit. Look, it, <laughs> Thanks, Juice. It, it doesn't fit. You can when see they, this bit. That the whole that it's that opened up the whole innocence clinic thing, the innocence project. Uh, before that, you know, people would always kind of, you know, oh yeah, everybody, everybody in prison says they're innocent. Well, it found that DNA was exonerating a lot of these guys. There's no wiggle room. They didn't do it, you know. So they, I don't know what the percentage. Some say it's as high as maybe in double figures. Ten percent of the people in prison are, are wrongfully four or five. You know, there's a lot of, uh, but certainly they're there. You know, we started uh, this bit off with you know red in the jailhouse, mm -hmm. right? There's a real problem going on at the courthouse and the jails, which is we're, we're not getting these cases. This Tony guy called in two years. Yeah, the backlog is ridiculous. They had a backlog before this. If you remember, 36th District had to go on. Was it Judge? Uh, um, uh, I can't think of his name. Kenny but, King? No, it wasn't King. It was another oh, the, the Talbot. Uh, yeah, the they brought guy. in yeah. to to over to, to to clear up the backlog, and that was 10, 15 years ago. So they weren't exactly up to date when all this COVID stuff happened. So, I mean, and then you look at the victim side, too. You got defendants waiting for trials. You got victims. I just talked to a bunch of cops. They're ticked off because the uh, the, the alleged killer of Elaine Williams, his his pre-trial hearing isn't even until October. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, this happened, you know, two years ago. You know, the, the murder happened. It was, you know, and there's just a ton of those. Not even a trial set yet, you know. I'm going to make a shout-out here to Warren Evans, the, the Wayne County executive. Sir? Get this shit fixed, fund it, or I'm coming. I don't know if George is. George knows. I'm coming. Fix this, because that's an American right to a speedy trial that's enshrined in the Constitution. No matter what you think of any human being behind bars, they're presumed to be innocent and they deserve a trial. Fund it. Hey, governor, fund it. GM's battery plant? No. Okay, done with that. Karen, before we go, what are we keeping our eye on in Detroit for next week and into the future? Well, Charlie, unfortunately, is not as substantive as it should be. You didn't um, do your homework? <laughs> what are you, red? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, you racist. Uh, you know, I finally got my drugs from CVS, so oh. bear with me. Um, <laughs> drugs. Let me come over and make sure they're fresh. <laughs> Just picked them up today. It took them two weeks to fill a narcotics prescription, but that's another story. Well, those are old and stale. Maybe I should have them. <laughs> Perhaps, Charlie. Or my buddy down at Clark Park, he can get them to you in about 20 minutes, man. I mean, you know. Hey, that's what I was thinking. I get you all the narcotics you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know, she'd, she'd drive right down there, but her accelerator foot don't fucking work. <laughs> I can't drive. I can't walk. But anyway, Charlie. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, I got an idea. We can do DoorDash. <laughs> hey. What we call that? We call that like 
drug dash, <laughs> drug no, stash. Hey, then you could be, then you could be like Tyreek on power and you could have this delivery system. That's real. That's a new, that's a new enterprise, Charlie. That's old as the fucking hills. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I never dealt drugs, but anyway, have you ever bought any illegal drugs? No. Would you like to buy some? <laughs> no. I'm in a basement, Karen. Help me out here. I've got some old prescriptions. Well, Charlie. <laughs> okay. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't want any illegal drugs. Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm the boring one. But anyway, totally. we're losing more people than we're gaining in the city. You know, population was the thing that Mike Duggan said to judge him on. So, you know, we, we're seeing all these new housing developments. We're continuing to build new places where there are no people to move in. I mean, near my house, there are two new developments. They've been empty for, I mean, since last summer, there's nobody in them. The other thing is that businesses continue to struggle post-pandemic, but yet we have a Gucci and a sugar factory that are scheduled to open in Dan Gilbert's development downtown. Do you think so, that's real? Because that I, I, I went downtown this morning. Charlie, Charlie like that makes The coffee shops aren't even open. It makes no sense to me. And let me tell you why. The reason why stores, you know, Hudson's and all the old day stores closed was because of the malls. If you when they ask you for your zip code when you purchase something, it's because they're tracking the demographics of their customer base. You go to you go to Somerset at either of those stores. You got a lot of strong Detroit consumers that are out there. I don't see them detracting from that by bringing them downtown. Now, now you want to say something that may sound racist? Then let's have this conversation. Oh, yes. They don't, they don't like they don't like the they don't like that customer base at Somerset. They do not. So perhaps what 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 customer base? The young black kids that are spending a lot of money, you know, on the the the, the on the name brands, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, you know, those things. They they don't they don't like them, but they spend money. So maybe they're going to put some of their merchandise downtown to keep them away from the mall. Because when they announce that they're opening a Gucci downtown, they also announce that they're expanding the footprint of Gucci at Somerset. That just doesn't add up to me. Is I mean, just actually from, listen to what she's talking yeah. about, Gucci. And a sugar factory. Is that going to be one facility or is that two separate She's talking about Gucci and malts. Charlie, I'm talking. This is this is this is the business of of the city. I'm just injecting stuff. I know. Well, here's here's what we say. So I went downtown and I'm looking at the skyscraper, this Hudson's thing. There's two guys on the top. I swear to God, they're pissing to figure out how far it'll blow in the wind. And then, you know, Chemical Bank's building one and there's one guy up there. This is like 9.15. These are prime construction hours. It's warmer today, right? I don't, I don't see it. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something about the great savior here, Dan Gilbert. If you read the August Business Magazine here in Michigan, right? They told you a year ago, buy this RKT, this Quicken Loan, this rocket stock, because it's going to make us all rich, and you're going to take all its profit and keep building the first day it traded, it closed at $20. Currently, right now, it's trading at $12.01. It's a good thing I don't subscribe to this August Business Magazine. I told you, be careful. The economy's voodoo. We don't know what's happening. Inflation's running around. The Fed's got to raise interest rates. You better refi that house or get the house, right? They're going up. The reason interest rates are going up is to cool down inflation. If you make money tight and expensive, you can't get it and keep clicking on Amazon. Understand what I'm saying, folks? Here's another trick. It's not the supply chain strangulation. 
the world is producing more goods than it ever has. The fact is the government gave us a bunch of free money and we all went click, 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 click. Those, the port of LA is clogged because you want shit delivered to your door. 1201, 7% inflation, interest rates going up, people in the old folks' homes, like Karen's saying, people are dying, not being born. Don't be fooled. What store are we going to look at next week, Karen? What are we going to do in Detroit so we can scare them, scare them? You know what, Charlie? I don't know. Well, we're going to take our time and really sort through the things that are being pushed out as newsworthy uh, and, and, and really look at what's not being said, what's really going on, and what's really not going on that should be going on. Nice. That's, she should be fucking mayor. You know why she didn't want to be mayor? It's impossible. You can't give the people what they need, and there's not enough money for the corporate thieves to be satiated. It's impossible almost, isn't it? It's an impossible it, job. It, it, it is, Charlie. I mean, and, and especially the way the city has transitioned from being to Duggan, um, you know, certainly being put some things in place to solidify the infrastructure. But now, you know, you've got a great presentation, all style, no substance. And this is crumbling, maybe not before our eyes, but we're going to see it crumble very, very soon. It, the instability is undeniable. Ah, shit. You, okay. mentioned, you mentioned Gucci and Sugar Factory. Uh, we always hear about places opening. What is closed? I mean, you got to figure places are closing down there. Well, we had we had a vegan soul that closed over here in West Village. We Fuck. also had a no! Great Lakes Coffee. No, Lakes, not the vegan Lakes, soul. Great Lakes, Great Lakes Coffee has no! closed on Woodward. There are a lot wow. of places that are closed, Charlie. I, I mean, and it's like, you know, you get, if you look at the camera shot of some of the news um, store um, in the mornings, there are no people downtown. You got to remember all these businesses were put down there on the pretense that all of Gilbert's people were working there. They're not working there anymore. There's nobody living there. There's nobody working there. Where have all the people gone? We didn't have any people. We, we brought them in and now they're gone. Where have all the people gone? Even yep. if the COVID thing gets over, Greek towns hit because all those court people are going to move uh, down toward. Yep. The, yeah, they're, they're north on seventy five. That, that new pilot shit. Right. Have you seen that thing? Uh, there's not. Yeah, ain't much there. But yeah, they're all. They, there's thousands of people who go to launch. Defendants, families, uh, court. You know, people, court lawyers. I mean, they're going to lose a huge. They already did with the casinos that didn't bring with the smaller business. I talked to a couple businesses down there about that. So even when COVID's over in Greek town, they're hit. The other yeah. big the other big place that closed was the Under Armour store, which is directly across from the Hudson's building. That's what you want to Karen to say. Well, no, I But driving I, around there this morning, yeah. there's a bunch of cool bars. They look like super cool, like New York type bars. I don't know the name of them, mm -hmm. but I'm going to them. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's in them. So no problem with a table. It really looks cool. I didn't wasn't even aware of what's going on there. Shinola Hotel. I haven't been in there yet. I mean, I've been in once, but that's nice. Not yeah. to hang out. You know, take my wife and try some of these places. I'm going to support them. Sure. I don't want I, I, don't I don't, want them to close. I don't want them to close. Well, you want to have another racist conversation, Charlie? <laughs> oh, you know what this all was? What's that? She wanted to dump racism on me so she could be a racist. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? It's classic. It's classic Bull Connor bullshit. And, and, we don't, and we don't need to get into this, but, you know, there's a conversation about there being two Detroits and that, you know, a lot of oh, times yeah. people that are native Detroiters, African-Americans, don't feel comfortable or welcome in a lot of these new places. So that's another conversation. Well, because they're smart. It's like, what's the fucking price? 
Well, it's not even price, Charlie. It's just, you know, th- things were different once upon a time, you know, when it, the landscape was different. Now there's a certain group of people that feel empowered. And so they don't have to, they don't feel like they have to be courteous or kind or, you know, because because they're in charge. Isn't, and so, that, the, isn't that the universal problem, though? I know a lot of white people who don't feel, you know, particularly comfortable in a black establishment. You know, can we just get over that? Well, I mean, I could tell you, growing up as a poor white kid, that, that conversation was Wait, being had forty-five years PWK. ago. PWK about about two Detroits and and downtown versus mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's not a new conversation. I remember the Rensen being built and watching it, and people bitching about it. You know, look at they're spending all this money on this gleaming thing. This was in the mid seventies when I think Detroit was at its worst. And, you know, everybody was bitching about that even then. So it transcends race. It's What's the name of that building again? The Rensen. It was in all the papers. Rensen. What is Ren short for? What's Ren Renaissance. short for? Oh, that was one of the incarnations. That, if what's you go what's, back, what's yeah, Ren short for? That was Renaissance. Renaissance. The Detroit Renaissance. What does that, that mean? That was to, to that's, rise from the ashes like a that's phoenix. That's a French word. Renaissance rebirth? Something like that, yeah. I don't know. I don't Rebirth? speak French. Like man. comeback? You, you, you got the fancy doing? college degree. I don't know. I, I got a fucking master's degree, bitch. In journalism. I, I got none, so yeah, you know, but no, I, so that's not a new conversation, and I don't think it's necessarily um, restricted by racial parameters either. I mean, class, maybe the C word, but certainly I know uh-huh. my neighbors, most of whom were white trash, you know, for lack of a better term, they were hey, bitching that's fucking about the racist same, term. <laughs> same thing, you know, in 1973. You think it's okay just because you are? <laughs> no. No. Stop it right now, George. It's outrageous. Karen, admonish him, please. No, I'm not going to do that, Charlie. And I don't mean to insinuate that everybody's racist. And I, I don't I think that. I don't believe that. I don't live that. But I, I mean, you know, we could really have a very exhaustive discussion about the landscape here in the city. And true, while it's not new, George, the thing about it is, is that when there was black leadership here in the city, there was a whole different vibe that the minute that Mike Duggan was elected, it's it things shifted. Things changed. People didn't feel like they had to, you know, be courteous. Be It's like, hey, we got this failed black leadership, you know, shifted Detroit. It's different. And, and there are a lot of people, they may not say it publicly, but I am privy to a whole lot of conversations from people is. at every socioeconomic level that have a different perspective about how it feels to be in Detroit these days. Let me say this, if I might. Thing I love, like, you're, you're talking up there, you know, she's talking up there about the contracts and leadership and, you know, et cetera. Detroit, suburban Detroit, Michigan, I fucking love you. There is nobody got the soul that you got. If, if it wasn't that way, I'd be out of here. There ain't no people like you. I love you. This is it's the most interesting place in America. Best news town in the country, and as far as I'm too. concerned. Yeah, I mean, if you're a newspaper guy or a journalist, you know, this is where you want to be. Reporter. Maybe, maybe Chicago. You know, maybe Chicago. But ain't, ain't nobody doing Chicago yeah, cool. You know, nobody yeah. doing Chicago like but Detroit is. So it's just uh, it's just always been one of the best news towns in the country. You yeah, know? Absolutely, and so you, it's very special. You got to dig the people like this. The stuff we're talking about, Karen. I'm listening. And PWK. <laughs> it's, it's like you, you, you got to embrace it because if you can't, you can't function, right? It's, it's a really truthful place, right? So just don't be afraid. And by the way, that's all we got for today. Terrorist, get the fuck out. Me and you, you out of here, motherfucker. Bye-bye.
Thank you, George. Super cool. Love you, Karen. When I'm back, you guys. When I come over and roof of your foot. Mm -hmm. Thank you.